Ciao amici e felice anno nuovo. Happy New Year. Welcome to Cinema Italiano, the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. Today, we'll be talking about the best of 2020, i migliori del 2020. Everyone loves a good countdown, so I want to share my top five Italian films of 2020, as well as my top five discoveries from this past year. By discoveries, I mean films that aren't new from the last couple years, but films that I got to see for the first time in 2020. For each of these, I'll be sharing how you can find them best as possible, or how it may be coming available in the future. I also have to disclaim that I'm based out of the United States, so I haven't had access to every Italian film that came out this past year. I hope this list is a helpful way to get started and helps raise awareness for some of the exciting new movies that have come out of Italy. Abbiamo perso tutto l'entusiasmo Hai fermato gli orologi quando ero distratto so let me kick things off first with my top five discoveries of the year. At number five, I have Christ Stopped at Eboli, or Cristo si è fermato a Eboli, directed by Francesco Rosi. This film follows Carlo Levi, a Turinese painter, who recalls in flashback his experience in exile. During the era of Mussolini, he's expelled from Torino due to his anti-fascist activities and is sent to the south to live in a small town, Aliano, in the Lucania region. While he's there, he discovers a land of disease, poverty, and distrust from a people abandoned and all but forgotten by the government. The staggering disconnect between the ruling and the ruled is this tension bubbling up throughout the film, where the people of the town receive no medicine, resources, or support from the state. During Levy's time in Lucania, he witnesses firsthand the impact that the fascist state has on a rural community without representation or autonomy. It's a pretty lengthy film. It was presented first on television as a miniseries, um, so it's probably easier to take in smaller doses than watching like all four hours at once. But it's a very powerful, slow-burning, but definitely impactful film to experience. Christ Stopped at Eboli is available in a new restoration through the, through the Criterion Collection. In number four, I have Ginger and Fred, or Ginger and Fred, directed by Federico Fellini. Ginger and Fred may be considered, quote, lesser Fellini. It came out in the 1980s, arguably past his prime, and it wasn't even featured in the Criterion Collection's massive career retrospective box set covering his films. Still, even if it's Nola Dolce Vita, Ginger and Fred is a very endearing, self-aware look at aging, show business, and just how times have changed. It follows Giulietta Massina and Marcello Mastroianni as a dancing duo who are impersonators of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. The two reunite long after they have stopped performing their act to perform on a television special. As a contemporary set Fellini film, specifically in the 1980s, it's a perfect marriage of the old with the new. We see our two lead stars decades after their biggest roles, set in the world of TV studios and vulgar commercials. 
even the musical score by Nicola Piovani, is reminiscent of the timeless melodies of Fellini's regular musical collaborator, Nino Rota, but with the occasional synth-pop sound that's unmistakably 1980s. Ginger and Fred is available on digital platforms. My number three discovery is Corpo Celeste, or Heavenly Body, directed by Alice Rohrwacher. This film follows the 13-year-old Marta, who's recently moved back to southern Italy with her mother and older sister, as she struggles to find her place, restlessly testing the boundaries of an unfamiliar city and the catechism of the Catholic Church. Corpo Celeste was Rohrwacher's first scripted feature film, but it's told with a great sense of confidence and ambition. There's a bittersweet tinge to such an important religious experience like catechism, told within the confines of a constricting people and places. We encounter a disinterested priest who really couldn't care less about the upcoming catechists, indifferent classmates who aren't interested in going through the sacrament. The sacred importance of this experience as a young Catholic is foiled by the banal and the profane setting that Marta finds herself in. Films like this focused on such a quiet, though spirited and curious figure help herald in what kinds of stories Rohrwacher would continue to tell as a director through her subsequent features like The Wonders and Happy as Lazaro. She spends time with people on the outskirts of life, but who are no less important, deserving, or capable of experiencing something sacred. Corpo Celeste is available on DVD through Film Movement. My number two top discovery of the year is The Seduction of Mimi, or Mimi Metallurgico Ferito Nell'Onore, directed by Lena Wertmuller. This past year or so, I've gone on sort of a crash course with Lena Wertmuller. I've enjoyed all of her films for different reasons, but they all have a sense of absurdity in varying levels of craziness, and they have a brash grotesqueness. Her films feel as if the most extreme personalities of Fellini's films had their own movies and went even further. One of her first major films, The Seduction of Mimi, stands out to me as one of her strongest. It follows a young man, nicknamed Mimi, who in an intended act of defiance against the Sicilian Mafia, gets himself exiled to Torino, where he reluctantly rises up the ranks of the Communist Party. It's told almost like a picaresque, where our hero gets himself out of temporary trouble, but then sinks himself into an even bigger mess, as if Martin Eden were told through a funhouse mirror. It also stars two of Lina Wertmuller's regular stars, Giancarlo Gianni and Mariangela Melato, in their first of several pairings throughout Wertmuller's work. Again, all of Wertmuller's films are a ton of fun to watch, and this one is a great place to start. The Seduction of Mimi is available through Kino Lorber on home video, as well as for purchase on digital platforms. And then my number one top discovery of the year is Ricordi, or Remember, directed by Valerio Mieli. This high-concept cerebral journey explores the distinct experiences of a man and a woman's relationship throughout the years. From their initial meet-cute, to getting serious, moving in together, and then their eventual breakup. I know I'm a big fan of multiple perspectives told within one film, and Ricordi takes it to another level. We sometimes see the exact same scene twice, but told from the man's point of view and then the woman's, and even though the words may be the same, all the other elements, lighting, staging, performance, are executed and felt differently. 
While the film's main subject is that of a romantic relationship, Ricordi is a fascinating interpretation of distinct experiences, associations, and memories. Ricordi is available to rent and purchase on digital platforms. And then next, wanted to speak to my top five Italian films of 2020. Number five, I have Cosa Sarà, or Everything's Gonna Be Alright, directed by Francesco Bruni. This drama is about a filmmaker named Bruno, played by Kim Rossi Stewart, who discovers that he has leukemia. Requiring a bone marrow donor, he reconnects with his children and family on a journey to restore not only his physical being, but also his interior spirit. The family dynamic in this film feels very authentic. It's full of tender moments and arguments, but never sugarcoats or told in a schmaltzy way that films tackling cancer often treat such subject matter. It's also noteworthy for taking the lead character, a middle-aged man, on a journey of growth and maturity as he faces life with a new perspective, ripe with possibility. I haven't seen anything formally announced about how this film will be distributed, but an Amazon Prime logo played before the opening credits so hoping this will be readily available via Prime Video in the future. My number four pick is Notorno, directed by Gianfranco Rosi. This unscripted film shows people and places along the borders between Syria, Iraq, Kurdistan, and Lebanon, illustrating the daily impact that civil war, dictatorships, and ISIS play on their everyday life. We follow a variety of figures, from children to patients in a psychiatric ward, to soldiers stationed on the border. This film has been selected as Italy's submission to Best International Feature Film at the Academy Awards this year. Notorno has been acquired by Neon Pictures' Super LTD and should be available in virtual cinemas by the end of January 2021. My number three pick is The Life Ahead, or La Vita Davanti a Se, directed by Eduardo Ponti. This one I was really excited to see, and it definitely lived up to my expectations. Sophia Loren stars as Madame Rosa, a former prostitute who has become a surrogate mother, babysitting the children of other prostitutes, as well as a sort of full-time mother figure for children abandoned by their parents. Into her care comes Momo, a refugee orphan from Senegal. They initially butt heads, but as they come to understand each other's past experiences and struggles, they form an unbreakable connection. Not only is the story itself very endearing and moving, but even as a cinematic experience, it's engaging for its shifting perspectives and touches of magical realism. The Life Ahead is available to stream on Netflix. My number two pick is Lachi, or The Ties, directed by Daniela Lucchetti. This drama set across time follows a family where the mother and father are determined to stay together bound by the vow of marriage, despite their infidelities and dissatisfaction with each other. They tell themselves that true happiness awaits in another life. Set between the 1980s and the present, it's fun to watch as a sort of half-period piece, but it's also compelling for how the tone of voice changes along with which character we're following. Interior monologues from the husband and the wife reflect distinct fears, desires, and convictions, as they navigate the obstacles of life together, albeit individually. I haven't heard about this one coming to the United States, but I'm hopeful that it finds a distributor. And last and not least, my number one pick for the best Italian film of 2020 is Asandira, 
directed by Salvatore Mereu. This very earthy, slowly unsettling drama may be one of the strangest, though no less powerful movies from any country that I've seen this past year. The story unfolds as Constantino, an elderly farmer, tells the story of what happened in a tragic fire that led to the death of his son Mario. It all starts when Mario and his wife Greta, who is German, come to Sardinia to stay with Constantino. At first, Constantino and his daughter-in-law clash and come into conflict, talking past each other both due to the language gap, as well as what seems to be Constantino's own stubbornness and unwillingness to listen. Over time, they persuade him, or I should say steamroll him, into converting his farm into a tourist destination, with many cottages offering tours of the livestock and more. They take on the part of playing quaint rural farmers, complete with traditional garb and spiels about pastoral life. Things start to spiral out of control and go too far, as the home Constantino knows becomes unrecognizable after Mario and Greta's manipulation of his land, home, and his soul. I don't want to spoil how far it goes, but this is definitely a twisty and dark tale on power dynamics and self-preservation. This one I also have not heard about worldwide distribution, but I really hope that it does get some kind of global recognition. Salvatore Mereu is not a filmmaker who's as high profile as some of the others who I've mentioned on this episode, and Asandira has not popped up at film festivals like some of these other films have, but this is a wholly unique story and vision that deserves an audience. I can't wait to see what comes next from this director. And there you have it, my top five Italian films and top five discoveries from this past year. Once again, those top five discoveries were number five, Christ Stopped at Eboli, number four, Ginger and Fred, number three, Corpo Celeste, number two, The Seduction of Mimi, and number one, Ricordi. My top five Italian films of 2020, number five, Cosa Sarà, number four, Noturno, number three, The Life Ahead, number two, Lachi, and number one, Asandira. As always, I want to thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I want to wish you a happy and healthy 2021, or due mila ventuno. And until next time, ciao amici. Destiny.